Get your hands dirty with the Gardening Gang. Saturday mornings at 8 on Coast FM 963. Coast FM this morning from our classic hits, their sweet seasons. The season of spring and a day and a weekend like this, perfect for the garden, right, Sherilyn? It is the Gardening Gang, by the way. Absolutely, it is. It's us, Home and Garden. Now, these particular weekends, Sherilyn, because we've had a couple of hot ones, but there's no excuse to get out and about today and diggy, 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 and I'd better say jiggy, jiggy, jiggy. No. <laughs> Goodness me. Goodness Good morning. Me. We haven't changed. No. Been a very busy couple of months here with the Gardening oh Gang. We've been here, there, and everywhere. And uh, Sherilyn's got a great plan today to talk about flowers. How unique is that, Sherilyn? I know, because we haven't had enough flowers of late, have we? So being in Floriad, I see you've got your Floriad T-shirt on that I bought for you when we were in the Gin Palace in the middle of Floriad. So kind. <laughs> I think I got talked into that one, but you look rather cute in it. Still flying the flag. But look, it is time. Look, it's always time to plant flowers, but particularly at the moment, you'll get a lot of bang for your buck if you put flowers in now, some summer flowering flowers. And I thought, why don't we encourage everybody? Probably the most important reason the Central Coast needs more flowers at the moment is because we do have the Varroa mite problem. So we have less pollinators around because we've had to, well not us, but the government's had to put those horrible baits out so we can get rid of that problem. So what we need to do is get the flowers out there to encourage other pollinators so that we can help our crops as well. And then who doesn't love flowers? Maybe Pete, he's had enough. But anyway, let's talk about flowers today. So first up, we're going to have uh, lots of little tips from me. I'm going to tell you which ones you can plant. I'm just going to tell you right now. Sunflowers, get them in right now. But we've also got our wonderful Rachel O'Kell. She's talking about indoor flowering plants and other ways you can get colour around the place. And I went to a beautiful flower farm this week as if I hadn't had enough from Floriard Pete. I went to Tannerwood and I met the lovely Natalie and she took me around the flower farm and I learnt so much about growing flowers, particularly cut flowers and edible flowers as well if you live on the Central Coast. At what part of the coast did you go to? Duralong. Oh, Duralong. Duralong. Oh, the valley of Duralong, which is north of the Yarramalong, I think. Yes, it is north of Yarramalong. Oh, from the just, Barralong. Just past... <laughs> Just past Chilliby <laughs> and actually not that far from Lake Memora where I am. Just a lovely, lovely place and an amazing lady who only started growing flowers on her property, Pete, 23 months ago. And if you jump onto the Facebook site, the Central Coast Edible Garden Trail Facebook site, you'll be able to see wonderful photographs there at the moment of her beautiful farm. So I think she is inspirational. If you're wanting to grow flowers on the Central Coast, whether it is like her, a, a business or a farm, or if you want to grow containers, because she has all those as well, she's a great person to have a look at. So why don't we um, play some classic hits and then come back and hear from Natalie. Okay, we'll get Natalie all vibed up right after this by the Seeker. <laughs> Coast FM 963, home of the great classic hits, and you're also at home with the Gardening Gang. It is all about flowers for your garden this morning. Where better to go than a flower farm, and not just any flower farm. I'm up at Duralong at the Tannerwood Flower Farm with Natalie. Natalie, hello. Good morning. How are you? I'm better now that I'm standing (laughs) around your farm. This is amazing. It really is. Such a pleasure to have you. Natalie, when did you decide to start growing flowers? 
we decided to start growing flowers 23 months ago, would you believe? So in that time... I don't actually... Hang on, stop. I don't actually believe it because I'm standing here <laughs> in a very well-established-looking flower garden 23 months ago. 23 months ago, yeah. Until that point, we had I'd never grown anything from seed, so... So what made you think, you know, I'm going to grow flowers? Uh, it was purely by chance. So I already had a love of plants, but not flowers, bromeliads. And then one day the tea tree was flowering all over the property. And I thought, wow, it's so beautiful. I knew some people that knew some florists that were interested in it. And from there, I thought, I'm going to start growing flowers. And so after growing all of those flowers, what was next? So after we started growing all of the annual flowers, we started building all our perennial gardens and trialling and testing. And now we have a seasonal flower farm. It's micro where we grow all round from spring right through to just before winter and all the plants fit into each of those um, seasons for what work in our warm, temperate, borderline subtropical climate of the Central Coast. So how did you learn how to grow flowers? Yeah, I did do a course in uh, micro flower farming. I thought I'm not going to start from scratch. I'm going to see what I can learn from some experts. And then really from there, that was a fantastic foundation. And then um, everything else has been just a journey of passionate self-teaching <laughs> from good old Google to YouTube to whatever, just to continue to broaden the knowledge on all the different types of plants that work really well in our climate. So what does work on the Central Coast and that you could suggest for somebody listening at home that thinks, yeah, you know what, I want to start growing cut flowers. Just a couple they could get started with. Sure. Um, I'd love to just highlight that you can really grow most things if you're really passionate about it. We grow tulips here and we're not a tulip climate, but we were super passionate about finding a way. But if you're looking for something that's an easy start, cosmos is gorgeous, zinnias are gorgeous. Um, they're all um, really easy annual cut flowers you can grow and they make your garden look amazing and you can cut them again and again and still have an abundance of flowers for months on end. So there are a couple of good tips. Now, Nelly, you're part of the Central Coast Edible Garden Trail that's on in a couple of weeks' time. So what's open here for the public? Yeah, we're going to have our whole farm open here for people to come and have a look at. Um, we'll be showing and touring the gardens as well as the cut flower patches, some of the flowers that are currently in bloom that will be available on the Edible Garden Trail include poppies and stock, nasturtiums, violas, pansies, uh, and um, anything else that might pop up in the next two weeks because sometimes that's how quick it can be, um, as well as the perennials and the roses that are starting to flower. So there's lots of good stuff to have a look at. And are you open both days of the trail? Yeah, we're open Saturday from 10 till 3 and Sunday from 11 till 2 for public tours and there's farm tours that'll be up on the ticket holder site uh, and we also have a couple of private workshops that we're running as well for ticket holders um, outside of the public touring hours. So how can people find out more about your farm? Sure, they can go to tannerwoodflowerfarm.com.au. That's T-A-N-N-O-R-W-O-O-D. We also have socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook. And can you just describe for everybody where you are exactly on the Central Coast? Yeah, sure. We're on the border of Duralong and Durran Durran. So we're out in the Central Coast hinterland. 
and we're along the same strip as some other beautiful farms like Allen Foods and Gavam Garden Farm, all on the same street. So we're just off of Dixon's Road that heads out there. That's right. It's a beautiful, beautiful drive and it's really worth putting on your map. So if you're coming up to the Central Coast Edible Garden Trail, I highly recommend this part of the trail, especially if you're a flower lover. You can drop into the other farms. They've got a few flowers here up along the ridge here, beautiful farms as well. But then you get up here and flower lovers, you will not be disappointed. I'm actually looking at a great big bunch of dried flowers at the moment. I'm going to go over there. I might pinch some. No, I won't pinch some. I might just ask for a couple as well. So get along to the Central Coast Edible Garden Trail. That is centralcoastedibleGardenTrail.org.au. Grab your tickets and you'll get a map and you'll find out about all of the amazing places that are open on the weekend of the 21st and 22nd of October. Thanks a lot for joining us at home with the gardening gang on coast fm today natalie thanks so much for having me it was a pleasure you're listening to coast fm 963 you're at home with the gardening gang and we're off to the central coast edible garden trail where we'll be broadcasting live from kibble park and the funhouse factory's kitchen garden there's a band called the flock the flock of seagulls Sherilyn, flap yeah, flap i know and the song is called i ran from Coast FM, home of the classic hits on this Saturday morning. It is the Gardening Gang with Pete and Sherilyn being sponsored every week by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. Thanks, guys. 24 minutes after 8. It is 13 degrees. It's a chilly day oh, today. I didn't wear enough clothes, Pete. I'm really cold. You look OK to me. Freezing over here. Put those clothes back on. <laughs> Now, the Edible Garden Trail we talked about with uh, Natalie a few minutes ago, that's in two weeks' time. We all know the Edible Garden Trail from our big broadcast last year. Mm. And I think uh, in discussions with some of our guests, it's going to be absolutely huge this year. It is. It was phenomenal last year. We hit it out of the ballpark, out of the Central Coast. It was fantastic. So we're looking at over 50 gardens open this time. And so it's the weekend of the 21st and the 22nd of October. And you need to get a ticket. And once you get a ticket, you'll be able to get a map. Now, if you want to know more about it, jump online to centralcoastedibleGardenTrail.org.au. Our outdoor broadcast will be sitting at or in the beautiful patio at the Funhouse Factory. Now, I'm a newbie to the coast. I've only been here eight years. They tell me I'm still not really a coaster yet. Pete, where is that for everybody? It used the Funhouse Factory? Yeah, it used to be a restaurant, well, didn't it? it used to be uh, a restaurant there. I think it was called Blybloss, and mm-hmm. it is in, uh, you know, shall we say that lovely part of Gosford where there's plenty of grass <laughs> and it's called... Kibble Park. Kibble Park. Kibble Park. That's where it is. So if that's you... where it's going. To be. That's where the centre of the action is. It the is. administration, the broadcasting, the media, the mm-hmm. whole thing. Mm-hmm. And that's in two weeks' time. So, Sherilyn, I know where we'll be. Where will you be? Well, people out there will be all over the coast because we've got these uh, gardens yes. opening up for the weekend. Money for products that are edible. It's all edible, edible, yes. And and you were asking me why was I why was I at a flower farm this week? Well, they're edible as well. You can eat flowers. We've got Paulie Mac talking. I think next hour we've got him dropping in. He's not here quite yet. He's probably out there cooking some flowers, and he'll be talking about edible flowers as well. But the edible garden trail. It is such a joyful, fantastic event. You've got to go and experience. People who did it last year are still talking about it so much. It's now a yearly event. 
event, supported by some amazing people. I hear that my other friend in gardening and media is also jumping along the trail as well, and that's Costa. He's visiting a few gardens. He's a big supporter of edible oh. garden trails all around all around Australia. They're popping up everywhere. So we'll be doing that. And next week on the Gardening uh, Gang show, somebody's not going to be here. I hear that you're off to a retreat of some sort, Mr. Yes, Little. I'm going to a uh, edible garden trail in Bali. Okay. It'll be very edible. <laughs> so, what's, <laughs> so what's happening is we're having an edible garden trail takeover of Home with the Gardening Gang at Coast FM 963. We have the organisers, Anna Trigg and Sandy Isles coming in, and I've got a, an amazing co-host, the president of Permaculture Central Coast, and also our good friend here at Home with the Gardening Gang, Clara Rosa, will be co-hosting the show with me. Big boots to fill, Mr Little. Well, we're looking forward to that next week. I won't be able to hear it because we'll be way overseas on the other side of the world, well, the other side of Australia, <laughs> and uh, enjoying the delights of Bali There's an app week. for that, so though, know, uh, <laughs> There'll be no problems there. We'll have, uh, you know, young babes serving us wonderful oh, food. Oh, no. Uh, don't worry, my wife's going, so she'll she? keep me in check. <laughs> or she'll try to. Put a leash on you. <laughs> this is the Gardening Gang with Pete and Cheryl here this morning having some fun on Saturday with the gang, Coast FM 963. Let's uh, thank some sponsors. What do you reckon? I think we should. I think it could be a nice idea to uh, acknowledge the fact we have wonderful sponsors mm-hmm. who. Re- Coast FM, this is Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy. It is the gardening gang today. We're talking about flowers and they're all beautiful. They're all gorgeous. What about indoor plants? Well, Pete, there's not many. Are there many flowers? No, there's not many flowering ones, but you know who we need to speak to, don't you? Rachel O'Kell from Our Green Sanctuary. And guess what? I've got her on the line. Hello, Rachel. Hello, good morning. How are you? Thanks for taking our call today. I know you're on the Gold Coast, which is a lovely time of the school holidays. Must be Bedlam up there this time of year, but nevertheless. <laughs> it's actually not too bad because the uh, Queensland school holidays have finished. Uh-huh. So it was very busy when we got here and now it's really settled down and it's a beautiful place to be. So, Rachel, uh, most of the pot plants at our place are kind of ferns and big leaf stuff. And I can't remember one plant we've ever had that flowers. What are, what are your thoughts on flowering indoor plants? So there are a few flowering indoor plants, but most flowering plants actually require direct sun to flower. So a lot of them will need at least six hours of full sun to produce those flowers because it uses a lot of energy to produce flowers. And most of our indoor plants, they don't require direct sun, so they don't produce flowers. Uh, they'll give you leaves, yeah, but no flowers. That's Absolutely. it. Okay. That's right. And many of them are actually from rainforest environments where they originate under the canopy of large trees. So there's very few flowering species that will survive in that environment. But so, I can tell you about some. Oh, yeah. Tell me some of them. Tell me some of them because I'm going to make sure that Pete gets some for Mrs. Little as well. She'd love a few flowering indoor plants, I'm sure. So what could Pete I'm get? I'm the only flowering indoor plant she's got. <laughs> she, she, Rachel, she needs more help. Help. Quick, okay. tell us. I think I've got a pretty comprehensive list here for you. Mm-hmm. So um, not all sort of traditional flowers, but uh, one option would be your bromeliads. They do produce a non-traditional flower mm-hmm. um, and they produce pups as well. So they will multiply themselves. That's so, right. it's, yeah, it's really good with bromeliads because you can always have more and more and more. We call them broms in the business. Oh, gosh. That's right. Get broms. a brom. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got two very similar um, flowering indoor plants, which are the lipstick plant and the goldfish plant. Mm-hmm. 
so these plants produce tiny little flowers. The goldfish plant has little orange flowers, which is shaped like little goldfish. And the lipstick plant has little red flowers, which look like lips. Ah. And one that you might really enjoy, and this is one of my favorite indoor flowering plants, is the flamingo lily or the anthurium. And these have uh, red, pink, or white spates. So again, not a traditional flower. A mm. space is sort of like a leaf, but it's coloured. And they are very long-lasting. So if you can keep an anthurium happy, you can keep that flower for months. So one of the best, these, I think. These are the ones Pete's giving me. He's like, I am not sure what a spathe is. It looks like a big leaf. It looks like a great big scoopy, like a big spoon, doesn't it, with a pointy oh, yeah. top okay. it, And then it's got yeah. a, a thing in the middle. You, you know, that sort of thing. So yeah. I suspect we've got some of those at our place. I think you have. Well, you probably we do. do have. I'll ring up the bride mm. right now and ask mm. her, babe, we're going to have those uh, <laughs> spates. You got some we of got those? we got three spates, have we? There Amazing. You go. I know where there's a great big bank of them, not on the central, well, it probably is on the central coast somewhere, but at the Botanical Gardens in Sydney, they've got the biggest bank of those flamingo lilies just all over a view oh. straight to the opera house. It's, it's spectacular when they're in flower. And with a name like that, you can't go wrong. A flamingo lily. I love it. You like it? Yeah. I feel like playing that song, Well, we've Pete. uncased a couple of, uh, of those flowering plants for indoors. Mm. I've got a few more. Oh, you've got more. Oh, she's got more. Oh, pack I've them in, girl. a couple. Let's go. I do. Okay, so I've got peace lily, which I think everybody knows, the spathophyllum with mm-hmm. the white space. Hoyas, which have beautiful clusters of pendulous flowers. Oh, now, they yes. can be a little tricky. To get them to bloom, mm-hmm. they like to bloom when they're mature, and they they don't like to be disturbed. Otherwise, they won't bloom. So it can take a few years to get those to happen. But they're quite pretty, and they can't wait that long. <laughs> orchids, oh, orchids, orchids, orchids. Your orchid or cymbidium orchids. Oh. You know they're best That's in bright good. positions, but they have such large flowers in so many colours. Spectacular. One I think you'll probably know, Pete, is the African violet, Saint Paulia. Right. It's a little plant with the long-lasting flowers. It just has high water needs and likes a bright position. Okay, right. We've got plenty of water at our place. (laughs) And finally, begonias. So not always used as an indoor plant, but if you've got the right humidity and the right light, you can definitely keep them inside and they will produce flowers for you. They go well in a bathroom, Pete. There you go. Or round a spa. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Well, that's almost nine or ten different uh, varieties that uh, Rachel Hunt covered this morning. I told you it was a morning. good list. It's a really good <laughs> list. I tell you what, I tell oh. you what, Mrs. Little will have a lovely flowering indoor paradise soon. Off you go, Pete. Go well, get some. It's her work. I look no. after the pool. Oh, my God. That's an easy <laughs> job. No, go and get yourself, go get yourself some more. I do the cooking. She does the, uh, she does the ironing. Does she? Well, there you go. Rachel, what a knowledgeable morning we're having today with these wonderful plants. Mm. And uh, enjoy the remainder of your stay in sunny QLD and we'll catch you back on the case real soon. Okay, thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. We've been talking about flowering indoor plants with Rachel O'Kell from Our Green Sanctuary. You're listening to Coast FM 963 and you're at home with the gardening game. Hits. Coast FM 963 on the radio this morning with Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy every Saturday at 9. We've got also two special guests next hour. We've got um, our good friend from the, uh, shall we say, the chef and the restaurant industry, Paulie Mack. And we'll be talking to Paulie Mack today on a topic that, uh, well, I won't uh, blow it yet.
Right. Yes, I won't uh, reveal all yeah. until probably about 20 past this morning. Right. But you'll be, particularly for chefs and cooking people, you'll find it very interesting. We are theming today flowers, so maybe something to do with flowers that you can eat at that You're level, at restaurant away. level, what do you reckon? I'm not going to. I'm not going to give you any ASIO secrets. I think you've given it away. <laughs> a bit of an ASIO leak there, mm, Shirley. A little bit. Had a nice call a few minutes ago. Mm. Shout out to Kath, who looks after the Kincumber Nursery. Might attend. Might attend. attend Kincumber. Yeah, she had lots of beautiful new flowers in there, some osteos. I am so excited about these. And she said they've got a new supplier. Now, these are daisy-like flowers, and she said they're stunning. And they, they must be because she was breathless, wasn't she, Pete? She was so excited. And <laughs> she, she said, said, come on down. She said, even if you don't garden and even if you don't want to buy any, just come and look at them because she said there's every colour you can imagine. It's absolutely beautiful. And that's at Kingcumber Mitre Tens Garden Centre. So they are... Are really good flowers. If you're looking for flowers to put in, that's a really good one for beginners as well. They're they're very hardy and they'll work spectacularly. On good the to coast. hear from Kat this morning. She's very Thanks, very excited Kat. too. Well <laughs> done, Kat. Coming up to seventeen to nine from Coast FM. Coast FM, Pete Little, Cheryl and Darcy. It is the Gardening Gang, the number one radio show on the coast this time of year. And mm-hmm. In fact, right throughout the entire it's year. It's all year, yeah. Survey's very, very good. Survey says. They indicate that uh, you're the star and I'm just the minnow. You Sounds about right. <laughs> yep. Now, what about, what's hot Vicky's on oh, the line? Oh, she's a superstar. Superstar of <laughs> the radio. Hey, good Vic, morning, good, Garden Gangsters. Good morning. Okay, you're feeling fresh today, Vic? Fresh as a daisy. Fresh. Okay, the daisies have it. Yeah, we're in. Now, Vicky, you've <laughs> got uh, some news on the world of the nurseries of the Central I Coast. Do. What's happening? It's beautiful scavolas, otherwise known as fan flowers at Forest's Beach Garden Centre. They're great in hanging baskets or as a gorgeous native ground cover. Mm. Burbank and Erin Heights have got loads of flowering natives and they've also got the very popular eucalyptus baby blue. Charmhaven Garden Centre have got bright and cheery pink flowering pink face ground covers and the Kingcumber Homewares are stocked up on tomatoes which includes a nice little bundle deal. Kingcumber Hardware? Yeah, they've got a nursery in there. Homewares. Yeah, Homewares. Homewares are hardware. Homewares and they're next door to Kingcumber Mitre 10 and they're in the old Kingcumber Burbank site. So right. yes, it's very yeah. There's a lot of buzz going on about this place. That must be, I think it's called Curta Road, is it? I think, whatever it is. Mm. I know, I I know the spot there, being a, being a bit of a local yokel, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so there's a bit of value out there today in the nurseries of the case. What about the nursery of distinction, the Narara Valley Nursery? Hot in our garden centre this week is our huge range of shade impatiens with their double blooms in red, hot pink and soft pink and our ever-popular sun patients be sunny spots available in white, orange, red, rose and lilac. Wow. All the colours of the rainbow. Well, we're talking flowers today. It sounds like you can get a bunch full of colourful gorgeousness there. (laughs) Oh, you're bringing us such joy today, Vicky. Okay, now, on that basis now, because I want you to put on your best face, Mm -hmm. because right now it's time for the gardening gang, true or false, is it a fact Fact 
O-A-Fib. Okay. Stand by. Here we go. All right. We're talking flowers today. It's been very exciting because I love flowers and I know you do too, Vicky. So here we go. Yes, I do. Who were the first florists? Who were the first people to grab flowers, stick them in a vase and stick them on the table? I'm going to put it to you. The first person that ever did this or the first lot of people that did it were the ancient Romans. They used to love their feasting and they'd get all the flowers and they'd stick them in vases and really amazingly they would pick out edible flowers so they weren't actually thinking oh look these flowers are here to look beautiful they're there to eat but they put them it was a food item but they put them in vases so that they'd stay nice and fresh for them to eat they'd stay nice and erect on the table well they would yes and then people went actually that looks pretty cool why don't we just keep doing that and that's how modern floristry began is that a fact or a fib oh Can I just ask, what sort of flowers did... No, you can't ask questions. This isn't the millionaire hot seat. I'm going to tell you. I reckon it was Adam and Eve (laughs) and the fig leaves were the first flowers. That's not a flower. That's a leaf. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, you tick. Come on, you've you've done history of the flowers, haven't you, Vic? Uh, No, I definitely haven't. But I'm going to say it's false and I'm going to say that there was some other ancient people that yeah, started the tradition. I, I, I tend to feel that's about the right uh, course of action for the Babylonians or some of those hanging garden mm, people. Okay. Uh, I think the Romans came a lot later than right. uh, the real value of cut flowers. Well, I tell you what, you're a bunch of smarties because <laughs> it's true. And the ancient Egyptians were the first, as yeah, far yeah. as we know. They started floristry, and there were four different types of floristry that they made, and they were wall decorations, what we would call sconces these days, and they'd put flowers in them. Tomb decorations is probably where we get our whole sort of funerary thing things, artifacts that they were used as well. They would actually, it's not really floristry, that they would put, they would make flowers and make little sculptures and they were the first to put flowers into vases and put them on tables to decorate them. How's that? Ancient Egypt. I tell you what, Vic, we are smarter (laughs) than the average bear. You are. We definitely are and I think the Romans were probably just busy killing themselves, weren't they? They liked to go in those arenas and they had lions attacking them and I tell you, I tell you what, you'll recognise these flowers today. They used to cultivate roses, violets, poppies, poppies, jasmine, Madonna lilies, and narcissus. That's the daffodils, amongst other flowers, to put in their vases. Oh, smart! Oh, and, lovely. And did they realise that if you had a little bit of Viagra in your flower vases, they would last longer? <laughs> oh my gosh! I know you read that somewhere. No, but I, but their favourite flower, their favourite flower, which we don't really use that often these days, was the lotus blossom, of course, that grew by the Nile. They Go to the Egyptians, the I love it. Okay. So let's uh, walk like an Egyptian, I think. <laughs> Get into those flowers. Well, Thanks, here's a cue for a song. Thanks, Vic. Thank you very much, guys. Okay. Come and see us today at Narara Valley Nursery. Okay, meantime, we're going to walk like an Egyptian. Let's do it. Tribute there to the uh, Egyptians, first people who uh, got those uh, vases in flowers and vases and the like. You know? Yeah, they did. <laughs> Walking like an Egyptian from Coast FM with Pete and Sherlin here this morning. It's our gardening gang for Saturday morning. Sherlin Darcy will be here solo next week. I'm sure she'll perform an excellent job. Oh, no. If she doesn't, I want a full report when I get back. Okay? <laughs> I'm actually not solo. I've got Clara Rosa, the president of Permaculture Central Coast, filling your shoes I wouldn't that brag. day. 
<laughs> She's not in radio, though. <laughs> She's pretty good. <laughs> okay, now I'm heading up to Bali for a couple of days mm. to survive all this uh, garden trails we've been on. Let me tell you, <laughs> I need the break. You've had a. your hands dirty with the gardening gang saturday mornings at eight on coast fm 963 classic hits at coast fm 963 and pete little Cheryl and darcy this morning my life from billy joel at 11 minutes after nine o'clock part two of the gardening gang today on this uh weekend of uh shall we say uh temperate conditions good for gardening we resolved that earlier yes. today and said, Great day to get out there and enjoy. Uh, less rain activity also. We had some rain overnight, which would have uh, just given those plants a little bit of nourishment. Mm-hmm. And uh, less so today and the weekend, fairly dry. Now, Sherilyn, it is now time to invite... Oh, oh Steve! The bell ringer. Thank you, Town Steve. Town Steve. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> it's time you. to get hands dirty. Wow, well, let's get those hands dirty. Well, I tell you what, first of all, what's on for plant people around the Central Coast? There's lots of produce swaps that happen around the Central Coast. You can jump onto a Facebook page that's called Central Coast Produce Swaps, funnily enough, and find them all. But here's one that's on tomorrow. It's the Matcham Holgate Produce Share. It's on this Sunday, the 8th of October at 10am and it's at the Fire Creek Winery and that's on Wattle Tree Road at Holgate. Not far from the school. There you go. You bring along your own homegrown veggies, fruit, herbs, eggs, plants, cutting seeds and preserves as well or anything you've cooked out of your garden and you can share it with the community. If you're not growing enough to bring along, just pop along and have a look. You can also donate to their local charity. They choose a different one every single month. Don't forget though, if you haven't been before, if you have been before, uh, you have to arrive on time because it happens really quickly. So that's 10am at the Fire Creek Winery tomorrow. We've been banging on about the Central Coast Edible Garden Trail. Get your tickets, centralcoastediblegardentrail.org.au. Tickets are selling fast. It's a very exciting thing. Now, what's happening closer to home in your garden? Most herbs die back over winter and they're going to need replacing, particularly basil. You might find that basil this year really has died right down. So renew it. Pop it in this year and put it next to your tomatoes as it'll prove, it'll improve their flavour. This week you can also plant the following. Now it's a big list, Pete, so sit back and listen. Culinary herbs, beans, beetroot, cabbage, cape gooseberries, capsicum, carrot. You're getting your pen out there. That's great. Celery, chicory, choco, cress, cucumbers, eggplants, endives, leeks, lettuce, all yum. Marrow, melons, mustard, okra. Some people are growing that this year. Parsnips, pumpkins can go in. Radishes, rhubarb, rosella, that's the Australian native plant. You can also put in silver beets, still spring onions, squashes, sweet corn, sweet potatoes, and you can still put tomatoes in as well. Lots of flowers on the list today. Asters, Californian poppies, carnations, as well as cosmos. Oh, Natalie from Tadalab would mention those, didn't she? Dianthus, everlasting daisies, gerberas, gypsophila, impatience, marigolds, nasturtiums, petunias, and also salvias, snapdragons, and don't forget the zinnias and the sunflowers. Well, you forgot the E category. Every bloody thing. (laughs) (laughs) 
there you go. You haven't missed one there. Well, look, I tell you what, we are mid-spring coming up to summer, so there's a lot. There, It's actually more of these that you can put in. This is just a small list, believe it or not. So get out to some of our local beautiful nurseries, including lovely Kath who rang up. She talked about Mitre 10's Kinkumba Nursery, and they've got the osteos there. They're a daisy-like flower, so get out there. Coast FM, get your hands dirty is a feature of every show every Saturday morning at uh, this radio station. And in the meantime, a classic hit from Status Quo coming up. It's called Whatever You Want. It's in the garden today. Flowers. <laughs> Quarter past nine. Classic Hits, Coast FM 963 with Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy this morning. Being sponsored by Alan Grant's Caravans and RVs and also Doormaster, Security Doors and Windows. Now, Doreen um, Simpson pops in every week and she's here today. She's made it. How's that RV going? You're heading off to uh, Canberra, like we were down there oh, a couple yes, of weeks ago. Oh, yes, I know, yes. Well, we haven't Take been there for quite woolies. a long time. Yeah, mm-hmm. getting ready for all the roundabouts. There's and a catch lot of up roundabouts with, tonight, but, with the uh, thing called um, Tulip Tops. Ah, that's the new one Outside you said. of Canberra. I know it about is that one. unbelievable. It is wow. so good. When does that close, Cheryl? I'm not too sure. It's still going for a few more weeks, but, but you, goes you've got to get in there and have the Dutch pancakes. Oh, <laughs> I know all about them. Yeah, do you? Uh, Somebody yeah. had so many he had to be rolled back ah. onto the coach when we were there, Doreen. <laughs> Who was that? <laughs> oh, I can't imagine anyone well, like that. Happy trials to you. Now, Doreen, right. uh, you've been around the coast checking out the markets for this uh, weekend. I have. Let's uh, share the information you've got there. Edelong Fresh Food Markets are being held at the Broken Bay Scout Hall on Picnic Parade today and every Saturday between 7 and 1. You'll find fresh fruit and veggies, eggs and deli items on sale. And Mangrove Mountain Markets are being held today between 9 and 3 on the corner of Georgetown's Drive and Bloodtree Road. Homemade preserves, cakes, crafts and plants. And Terrigal Beach Markets are on today between 9 and 3. Support the local makers, designers and musicians at the Esplanade on the beautiful foreshore of Terrigal Beach. Can't find a better spot for that one. Oh, lovely, yes. Okay, now we can just turn the page over here, Doreen, Mm -hmm. and for tomorrow, what's uh, happening? Okay. Tookley Lions Club Markets are on near Coles Tookley between 8 and 1. Go along, browse through their stalls and find some bargains. Gosford City Farmers Market is being held tomorrow between 7 and 1 with live entertainment. There's a wide variety of goods, including fresh produce, rustic breads, pasta, deli items and crepes. And, of course, it's held at the Gosford Showground. Woi Waterfront Markets are on tomorrow between 9 and 2. It's all things creative, so think of well-being, flowers and candles. They have food stalls too. It's on at Brickwolf Road, Woi with Central Coast Ferries running services from Empire Bay, Davistown and Saratoga. And the Entrance Lions Club Charity Market is being held again tomorrow between 8.30 and 12.30. It's on in the Denning Street car park opposite Coles. Browse through their second-hand goods and specialty items. Well, the last day of the uh, school holidays this weekend. Mm, yes. Check out the markets there. And enjoy for those, particularly on the holidays here on the Central Coast. Absolutely. Because by Sunday afternoon, Doreen, I think those roads will be chocker heading oh, back towards Sydney. Yes. yes. You all agree? Oh, yes, you do. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> we all know what it's like. before. Okay, thanks uh, a hell of a lot, uh, Doreen, for coming by today. And happy trails. Thank you. Uh, every week, Doreen joins us with the market report here. With the gang, Gardening Gang at Coast FM 963.
Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy with the Gardening Gang today, being sponsored by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. Yeah. Now, Sherilyn, mm. Paulie Max joined us today. I know. Restaurateur <laughs> I don't extraordinaire. Know about, I don't know about that. <laughs> but thank you. Nice Paulie, to be here again. well known in circles on the coast and his restaurant skills. And um, he's keeping up with these skills with regular work around the coast. I think he works for uh, Freddie's Kitchen somewhere at uh, Minor. That's not good. Freddie's Kitchen. <laughs> Freddie's Chew and Spew. No, it's not. Now, Paulie, we're talking flowers today. Well, okay. Oh, we're talking flowers. I love how you surprise me with this stuff. It's great. <laughs> well, it, it's not a surprise to us because we've had a couple of guests earlier on talking about edible flowers. Oh. And I went, Paulie's about to drop in, Pete. Okay. So you know what? He's the man to ask about this. Yeah. The it's, edible ones... Yeah. Are they well regarded as a nourishing item in a restaurant? Uh, and, uh, it's changing. It's yeah, changing. It's changing. Look, I've, right? I've, got a, I've got an opinion on this. Maybe five or six years ago, it was de rigueur. It was everything had some edible herbs, some baby herbs, mm. some petty bush, some edible flowers of some point. Right? Yeah. So the, okay. the, for me, the, the rules of French cuisine are the garnish has to be edible. Mm-hmm. And relevant. What I saw was there was a big push to just put something fancy on top of something. Well, this is because of Instagram, to make your meals Instagram ready. It it didn't make any sense to me as a chef. So if you go, hey, on this piece of poached chicken, I'm going to put some pansies. (laughs) What for? What's that got to do with anything? Look good? Yeah, but it needs to still have some kind of. For the gram. It needs to have a point. So. Um, we were u- heavily using uh, Tony Mann's um, Petit Bouche, so little baby, mm-hmm. tiny little baby herbs. But really, they didn't have much to them. They've changed an awful lot, but mm. I like them to be relevant. So let's say they have tiny baby celery, which doesn't taste like it tastes like cress. Yeah, you know. Um, and we would use that, but it had to match the dish that we were using. So it had to be part, part of it. So when you're saying relevant, you mean flavour-wise, so that the flavour matches into your idea of what you're going to I think present? So. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I think that okay. it needs to. Um, mm-hmm. Desserts look a different. We used we, we had a food truck called Fat Meringue. We were, in a, we were in a pub in the UK, my wife and I, and we'd had a, a few um, Irish coffees probably, and we were trying to think of a business idea. And somebody came up to me and <laughs> said to me, you look like Matt Moran. And I said, what, fat Matt Moran? <laughs> and Nick, my wife said, what, fat Moran? And I was like, that is a great name for a business. It is. Yeah. So we would take, I know it's a little bit off topic. No, no, I like it. We would take a, a French uh, meringue mm-hmm. um, and we would force it full of nitrous fueled cream, vanilla cream. Mm-hmm. So it would pop. So inside it would just go. Oh, like a profiterole. Yeah, massive yeah. one, about the size, the size of a baby's head. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. And then we would put a uh, fresh lemon curd or a miso caramel mm-hmm. and then a texture. So it ne- it's all balanced. And then we would use pansies or we would we started off using um, lemon balm, baby lemon oh, balm. Oh, yes, yes. Um, and flowers, tiny little flowers. That's where I first was introduced to this. And there were some great growers on the course that were making these specially for us. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, you're right, they're photogrammed. Beautifully, they do look good. Yeah, but a lot of those flowers are mm. quite bitter. That's the other thing that mm. people don't think of. They sort of think, "Oh, flowers sweet and lovely." So oh. I'm, I'm sort of seeing where you are with this as well. That fa- flavour profile could be good for some dishes, but not others, not for others. Yeah, I've had pansies and they're like 
quite uh, quite bitter. Yeah. But can you blanch them to give them a... No, they need softer taste. They'll just turn into mush. Yeah, they won't Uh, look like a flower You could probably freeze dry them if you were... Had the capacity, you know, or um, every kitchen's got dehydrate one. them, dehydrate maybe. Them. Yeah, they look nice with that yeah. as well. But I remember so. back in the eighties, we used to have egg and cress sandwiches, and I look at like the the baby herbs now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just cress, right? That's it. It's just little. So we were cutting edge then, I think. <laughs> and it's all coming back to us. So you're working at the moment as a chef. Are you using any flowers? No, at all. Well, they're expensive to buy. Okay. Oh my goodness! They're nine dollars at twenty grams. What? Oh, yeah, for sure. So yeah, you, if you can, if you can instill the, the skills into people to grow them, mm. and we had a little kitchen garden at Parklife, and we would grow um, jeepers. What's the what's the flat leaf one that looks like a lily pond lily pad? And nasturtiums. Oh yes. So we would grow because the flowers are edible and the leaves are awesome. They're actually really nice in sandwiches. They're very yeah. peppery tasting. Yeah, it's like what yeah. I remember cress being. Yes. Yeah. Uh, or a little bit rockety, you know. Mm, mm, mm. Um, so we would grow those and use those. But to buy mm. commercially, they're astronomically expensive. Wow. Grow them yourself, I think. And then put them That's in. That's the idea. So if you're growing them yourself, what do you reckon you should be using? I know you're saying that there needs to be a point to them. So mm. what point is there to them? Um, well, it just adds that little bit of extra at the end. You know, garnish is all about that kind of visual mm-hmm. Things so it, it, yeah. it needs to be something special. Like, look from, from a kitchen garden point of view, I I need to have things that are that are ready at different. T- and you you know more about this than me by a zillion miles, but that are ready at the right time. Yeah. We don't have too many things of the same at the same. So I don't yes. have a glut of stuff and and a variety. I'd like to have, especially with uh, herbs and flowers, you know, um, some that have different qualities and personalities. So, Paul, you wouldn't say no to putting one or two flowers in a cocktail. Now you're talking. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. I think these are actually uh, are items that are finishing up in the waste bin. Oh. They look good, but they're mm. never consumed. Mm. McDonald's used to do inspections of the bins and we'd find out what components of their burgers were being thrown away. Mm. Pickles. And they were pickles. We know that. Don't it's you? a bit like the parsley in the. So why do they put pickles on it? <laughs> a big sprig of Italian parsley on the top, and then the first thing you do before you eat is take it off and put it on the side. Yeah, there. Yeah. I call that the John West <laughs> bin. It's the food you reject. All right, guys. Maybe flowers aren't for everybody in their food. They're for me. I can just tell you that. I like a pansy with my chicken. Sorry, Paulie. Nope. We've been speaking with Paulie Mac today, our local chef, all about. How you can use flowers in your cuisine. Thanks, Paulie. Anytime. Thank you, guys. The Garden Gang here from Coast FM every Saturday morning. I remember all night. Coast FM, Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy with the Garden Gang today. Now turning our thoughts to uh, real estate. And uh, I think it's been the second month that the Reserve Bank have not increased the interest rates, Sherilyn. Yeah, I see that. And that's giving some confidence for those who may have to take out a loan for their property or whatever. Mm -hmm. Lachlan McDonald's joining us this morning from Ray White McDonald Partners. Good morning to you, Lachlan. Morning, Lachlan. Good morning, guys. Now, you're in the thick of it all, mate. Has this uh, kind of pause in interest rate increases has affected the local market in a positive direction? What, What are your thoughts? Oh, yeah, it certainly has, um, most definitely. I, I think that the, the confidence started to creep back into the market when people realised that rates increasing were not going to result in prices dropping. 
And we've had actually yeah, in Sydney, 11 consecutive months of price increases and prices are actually back to the levels that they were before the first rate increase. Oh. Um, so yeah, there's, there's already been a little bit more confidence coming in once people began to realize that actually the rates might be going up, but the property prices are not really coming down or certainly not too much. Um, so after a, after a couple of pauses, you're, you're right, it certainly has spurred on a few more people that might have been waiting in the wings to, to come into the market. Well, the thing that uh, we had discussed before was all about supply as well, Lachlan, because for a good while now, people just haven't been wanting to sell. So therefore, with uh, less product on the market, prices certainly won't go down then. Exactly. It's been very low supply, very low supply. Uh, there has been a lot more property come on for, for spring, which is more typical. Last year, we didn't really see the spring rush, which mm. was um, very unusual. Mm. Uh, but this year, definitely lots more properties available. But the good thing is there seems to be plenty of buyer demand to, um, to still uh, meet that extra supply. So what may have stimulated that? Well, I think Pete, so what people will do is they'll think, you know what, we've outgrown or we've, um, you know, we want to downsize, whatever it might be. Mm. And they'll look online and go, if we were to sell, what could we buy? And they look and they go, see, there's nothing out there that would suit us. Well, we better not oh, sell. Right. So right. what starts to happen is once there's a few more properties come on, people yep. jump online and they see, oh, look, we, we could buy that or we could buy that. Actually, that looks really good. We feel a lot more confident putting our property on the market that we would find something. So the the increased supply in, leads to increased supply and, and actually creates more activity in the marketplace. Okay, right. so once once the dominoes start dropping, they start other dominoes dropping as well. I got it exactly clear right. as clear as a, That's it. Clear as ever. So, Lachlan, as a auctioneer, um, you had, you'd have a uh, an opinion on the value of auctions. Would they, are they still prominent in in selling properties, or have they quieted off a bit there? The auctions. Yeah, people, look, people sometimes tend to shy away from uh, an auction when it's not an absolutely crazy market. But uh, the reality is, is a very good method in any market. And um, actually, I just got the figures through this week for the last month for the Ray White Group and. Across the whole state, the, the clearance rate for the entire month was more than 70% for the group. So when, if you think about it, with an auction campaign being three weeks usually, sometimes mm. four, you to have a greater than 70% chance of selling your property within that time frame is pretty good. So it's, it's, it's still definitely a very um, effective method. Okie dokie. So you're being kept busy on weekends now, no doubt. <laughs> most definitely, yeah. A bit, bit more auctions going about, most definitely. That's great. We won't, we won't hold him up. He's already got a couple to knock out today. Okay, Lachlan, thanks for that, mate. And thanks for the opinion there on uh, whether or not these uh, these stabilised interest rates are affecting the market. Thanks for that. Thanks, Lachlan. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, Carolyn. Lachlan McDonald joins us from Ray White McDonald Partners right here each week with the Gardening Gang from Coast FM 963. Home of the classic hits, Coast FM 963. What a beauty. Don't hear you that very often on this radio station. There's the band called Ace. They're wanted wonder and how long has this been going on? 
Pete Little and Sherilyn Darcy. Now, in two weeks' time, the radio show comes from Kibble Park in Gosford. Yes, there's some beautiful flowers there, but that's not why we're there, Sherilyn. No, it's because of the Central Coast Edible Garden Trail. That is on on the weekend of the 21st and 22nd of October. It is covering the entire Central Coast. You need to get a map, jump online to get your ticket as well. Tickets go to really good causes. It's a fantastic weekend. We'll be broadcasting live from the Funhouse Factory. That's part of the Naughty Noodle House franchise, I guess you'd call it, this great group of people. They've got a kitchen garden there that's been set up by Permaculture Central Coast and also our Green Sanctuary. It's gorgeous. We'll be sitting there having lots of fun with everybody in the kitchen garden and telling you all about the things that are happening. We'll be sort of dropping into all these places via the airwaves across the Central Coast Edible Garden Trail. And you know what's appealing? I can pop across to Woolies and get me donuts. Because they'll surely make me a nice cup of tea. Well, that's as long as they're not on strike, Pete, because they are today. (laughs) Since our first day on air, Coast FM has set out to entertain and engage with our local audience in everything we do. Music you love, news and sport, community service. And that's why we're proud to launch the Coast FM Community Awards. It's our way to give back. Thanks to our generous sponsorship partners, we're creating a pool of money that will be allocated to local people with a purpose. Everything from junior sports to senior social clubs will benefit by cash grants to help keep them growing. Learn more about how you can benefit. Visit Coast FM Community Awards via the Coast FM website. Hi Lee, I'm looking forward to the movie.